is the Go Blue Crew. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick. The other guy is Derek Devine. This is number 145 for the Go Blue Crew, so getting right up there on 150. Uh, Derek, before we jump into basketball here and talk about big 77-54 win over Wisconsin, I got to put you on the spot here. What is going on for episode 150? That's a great, (laughs) great question. Because I I knew there would be a little bit of a pause. (laughs) I know that you really want to know, and I'm sure there's people out there that want to know, you know, even more so than you do. But that will not be revealed for a couple to three episodes. Don't tell You can't pull this. You can't be like, I know, but I'm not telling you. That's, you know, talk to me off air. I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> okay. I could be, honestly, for some, as exciting as Mike Hart uh, joining the Michigan coaching staff, which we talked about last episode. So, you know, not to, you know, get people too excited, but it could be at right. that level for some people specifically. Right. I was going to say we should have said that we were like, we were really thinking about getting somebody uh, courtside tickets to, to the Michigan state game or something like that for basketball. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and no longer possible. So make it look like we were going to be really generous. Yeah. I like it. But then like how we would have no obligation, obviously, because that's not possible. Right. You know, we could buy a cutout. Maybe we buy a cutout for somebody. <laughs> put them, put them right there for the Michigan, Michigan State game. End of the season. We'll keep, They're trying we'll, to sell we'll it out. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how if that's if that's possible if we can pull that off. Um, Michigan seventy seven fifty four over Wisconsin. I mean, this was a beatdown of epic proportions. It was close. It looked like a a normal game for like the first half of the first half. And then after that, it became pretty clear that Michigan was the better team, had the better defense, better shooters, uh, didn't make nearly as many mistakes as Wisconsin. Uh, Badgers had, especially in the first half, some just some killer turnovers. I I don't know, like we're running out of superlatives here for Michigan, but but what can you say after a game like that? I mean, that to me was like insane. I mean, I, I think that's the only thing I could say and think. I just haven't seen, you know, Michigan do that. You know, what was a 41-6 run? I think it was 38-3 run uh, before that. I think, you know, Wisconsin hit the three and, and Michigan, you know, came back and hit a 3-2, I think. But, you know, just mind-blowing, honestly. I I went into that first half – um, or the end of the first half, thinking like, hey, you know, this is what they need. Like, this is a great way to end the half. Uh, the bench, you know, reacted like they had just won the game. And I was like, this is awesome. And I thought, you know, how cool would it be if they just, you know, continued this run? And it, they went beyond what I was even thinking when I was thinking that. And, to and again, you just don't see Wisconsin have that happen to them. You don't see many teams in the Big Ten that are kind of in that, you know, top tier of the Big Ten basketball teams. You don't see that happen to a lot of squads. And, you know, the, the fact that Michigan now has had, you know, three wins in a row against ranked teams after a lot of people were saying, well, they haven't really played anyone tournament worthy. 
Um, you know, they, they set a record for winning by 19 or more points, you know, three games against ranked opponents, three wins. I mean, just unbelievable the way they, they destroyed and dismantled Wisconsin. And usually in a game where, you know, Michigan's blowing out a team, which they have multiple times this season, you know, I'm like not super frustrated if the, you know, in garbage time in the last four minutes, you know, the guys coming off the bench don't look that great. But for some reason, I was loving, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin so much that I wanted them to win by 40. And the fact that they didn't do so, you know, to me, ended up being a little disappointing, <laughs> which is really selfish. And, you know, it doesn't matter at all because you still win by 23 points or whatever it was. Uh, and, and those that watched and even those that don't know how bad it really was. But, man, that was one of those games where I wanted people to see just via the score, how much of a beatdown it actually was. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like 77-54 makes this game sound closer than it was. And so when those guys off the bench come in for the last few minutes, yeah, definitely. It's like keep pouring it on. Don't let anybody who just looks at the box score think, oh, you know, Wisconsin maybe hung around for a little bit and, and Michigan pulled away late. His free throws or whatever. No, like like this was an absolute beatdown. Uh, one key thing that we do definitely have to talk about is the fact that Michigan did this uh, while Hunter Dickinson didn't have his best game. 12 points. Uh, he was 5 of 10 from the field, especially in the first half. Just had trouble getting it, getting it going. Uh, at times, you know, it looked like, like he wasn't um, – he, he wasn't strong enough to do what he normally does. So I don't want to just say that he's not strong enough, but I mean, like, he's had some some pretty easy, you know, relatively speaking, opponents to work against where he's just obviously, like, the biggest, strongest guy out there. And that wasn't the case against Wisconsin. And it, and it showed from time to time. But the fact that, that Michigan did this without getting a whole lot from him uh, was huge because we had just talked – uh, in our in our last episode about basketball, you know what is Michigan going to do if if Hunter Dickinson isn't there, looking like an automatic bucket? And it helps uh, that you get Austin Davis back. Obviously, I mean he came in, got the ball immediately, and hit, hit a really really good looking. <clears throat> excuse me, I almost choked on there, uh, but hit a really good looking shot over over his right shoulder. Uh, so you know, it was it was really good to just see that that Michigan does have answers aplenty when when Hunter Dickinson isn't there doing what he's been doing the rest of the season. I don't want to put too much pressure on Hunter Dickinson, um, you know, because he you know it's his first year in the Big Ten, even though he's a you know a little bit of an older freshman. But I you know wouldn't recommend he goes that quiet again, especially the way he was quiet in the first half. Uh, because like you said, we had already talked about, you know, if he's quiet or he's not effective, like that's when Michigan is likely to probably run into trouble, uh, probably, you know, lose uh, a game or two. Um, and, and so again, like, I don't want to put too much on him. You know, he's, I think he was just ranked by somebody as like the fifth best player in the nation. I think he's averaging over 20 or was in big 10 play before this game. I think 18, uh, overall or something around that mark uh, for the the whole season. And so he's going to get buckets and he's going to, you know, play as well as he has, you know, down the road. But I just think to have him, you know, get that quiet 12 on five for 10 and only pull down six boards. Um, I just think that, you know, best case scenario, obviously for Michigan, you had a guy like 
Mike Smith, lead all scorers, um, played really well offensively and defensively. You know, Shawnee Brown came in, had a couple of huge buckets. Uh, guys that we talked about, you know, being perfect fits for this team. And then, you know, Franz and, and Isaiah have been so reliable uh, over the course of this run uh, where they've beat all these ranked teams. And, and then, yeah, I, I think especially Austin Davis, I think that can provide a spark. Uh, even though he didn't have to do too much. And so for me, I just think the way they play defense, you know, the way they played offense as a team, uh, it kind of relieved and, and, you know, lessened my fear of what things could look like if Hunter doesn't have a good game uh, because he didn't have a great game. And, you know, Michigan still went on that 41 to six run. And so again, don't recommend that he does that too often. Uh, you know, a star player, you know, hopefully doesn't have too many off nights, uh, but man, if if he does and Michigan plays like that, I still think they could probably beat just about anybody in the nation. Next up for Michigan is Minnesota. This will only be Michigan's third road game of the season. They played back-to-back road games uh, earlier in the conference season against Nebraska and Maryland. And if you're thinking, hey, didn't Michigan just play Minnesota? Yep. Uh, January 6th, beat Minnesota 82-57. Here's what's going on with Minnesota, by the way. Losers of three of their last four, and they've lost two in a row, including that one to Michigan. They also lost to Iowa. And then uh, back on New Year's Eve, they lost to Wisconsin. Brutal, brutal stretch for the Gophers. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, and then you got Michigan again. Uh, Definitely don't envy that situation. Do you think it matters at all, one, that, that Minnesota has had a chance to see Michigan once and maybe you know, especially since these games are so close together, it's, you know, it's got to be a little easier to prepare, which would also be true for Michigan. But then does it also matter that this game is going to be at home for Minnesota? And I know there are no real fans, but uh, it's got to mean a little something, the fact that you don't have to worry about travel and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with that. I think that, you know, one of the things that is different without the fans is the atmospheres obviously are, you know, they're not as fun at all. And I think of this game against Wisconsin that Michigan had, I mean, Chrysler would have probably been louder than it's been maybe ever just the way, you know, that beatdown happened, uh, you know, top 10 matchup, you know, maybe if it was a, you know, a run like that against a Michigan state, it'd be louder. Um, but man, I, I mean, I would have loved to have seen Chrysler in a non pandemic um, during a game like that. Yeah. I think that travel schedule, I think, you know, uh, playing, um, you know, as cl- some of these games are getting canceled and hopefully Michigan can avoid that. And, you know, hopefully all, all teams across all conferences can start to avoid that. Cause it seems like a lot of it's been happening this week, but you know, they play on such a tight schedule. They just played Minnesota 10 days ago. Um, you got, you got to travel back and forth now a little bit more. They've, you know, been at home quite a bit, like you mentioned. So I think that does make a difference. And, and for me, you know, I think the this saying is, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times, you know, and usually talking about how you have two matchups in the regular season and another one in the tournament, Big Ten tournament. You know, I think it's just hard to beat a team twice in the Big Ten. And Minnesota has very talented players, a very talented roster. They have not looked good as late. But, you know, that doesn't mean that they can't put it together for one night in Minneapolis against a good ranked Michigan team. Juwan Howard said they can no longer fly under the radar. You know, they're a top 10 team, and now they just did what they did to Wisconsin, another top 10 team. Uh, I mean, they're going to have people aiming for them and gunning for them now. And I, and I do think, you know, Minnesota, one of the, what I'd say, four to five Big Ten teams that has enough playmakers that it does make me a little nervous. Uh, 
I think, yeah, if it was a true road environment, maybe even more nervous. Um, it's a game Michigan can win, should win probably, uh, and I think will win. But, man, it, again, at some point it seems like Michigan is susceptible to a loss. I mean, I, I can't see them going undefeated. I don't know if anyone is crazy enough to think they will. Uh, but, yeah, I think this game specifically, uh, I look at at Purdue who beat Michigan State, um, you know, I think these road games are still going to be the toughest for Michigan. And so who knows what happens, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be worried about Maryland, even though you just uh, beat them 84 to 73 or sorry, Minnesota, yeah. uh, I said Maryland, <laughs> 82 to 57. The I didn't even catch that. I didn't catch that. I would have let that go. And that in that game, by the way, Minnesota's largest lead five to two. So a three point lead. Michigan's largest lead, 73 to 36. <laughs> I do believe that. <laughs> That's nuts. I do believe that is 37 points. <laughs> and, like, I oh. like again, they, they can win, right? Like, Michigan can easily win, and they probably should win. But, like, you can't see that happening again, right? Like You would think so. Um, Liam, Liam Robbins, uh, Minnesota's seven-footer, held to five points, one of six inside the arc. He also hit a three, and that was the game that Hunter Dickinson – Went off for 28 points, made 12 of his 15 shots. Just ridiculous stuff uh, from that older freshman. Derek, uh, to close things here, I want to just give you a quick question, as we did in the last episode. This is the most dominant Michigan basketball team since blank. I'd have to go with, uh, was it, would it be 2012, 2013? I always get the years yeah. mixed up with basketball. It's um, easy, but yeah. Yeah, I'd say they had a run there for a while until, you know, things weirdly fell apart. Um, and then they, you know, put it back on in the tournament team or during the tournament. I'd say, yeah, since that Trey Burke uh, sophomore campaign, National Player of the Year, I think uh, I'm getting similar vibes. I think, again, that team, you know, started out really hot, you know, kind of fumbled there for a bit, even in the Big Ten tournament, and then just tore through everybody except Louisville in the tournament, you know, had some beat down games in the NCAA tournament, which is really fun to watch. So yeah, I'm going to go all the way back to that squad. I know there's been some great runs and some great squad since, uh, but yeah, this, this feels special. Um, and it wasn't really until this last game where it really started to feel that way for me. Not that I didn't enjoy the other um, blowouts against Minnesota and Northwestern, but you know, just the other night watching that, just it just started to feel really different. And so, yeah, I'd go all the way back to 2012-2013. All right, let's hope uh, this year's team does not fumble as a 2012-13 team sort of did in the middle of the season. And uh, you, Michigan, let's see, I'm trying to pull up the – okay, back in action Saturday. That's a 2 p.m. tip-off on ESPN2 against Minnesota – Wolverines will be looking to go 12-0. So we'll catch you next time here on the Go Blue Crew. Thanks for listening. Go Blue. Go Blue.